You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here, along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. We want to thank everybody for listening. Follow us on Twitter, at Husker CuzCast. We are recording on a Sunday evening. Uh... We received news today, special news, that Scott Frost has been fired as head coach of Nebraska three games into his fifth year. Uh, It was a shock. We all know that uh, there was a buyout uh, reduction on October 1st. So after a one and two start, there was a lot of speculation that we were headed that way. But with that buyout being reduced from $15 million to $7.5 million, Nobody expected it uh, to happen today, but it did following a very ugly game against Georgia Southern where Georgia Southern beat the shit out of Nebraska 45 to 42. Uh, the defense couldn't make stops. Uh, guys, there's gonna, we got a lot to get into here, but let's get some instant reaction here. Tyler, what were your thoughts of the news of Scott Frost being fired today? Um, well, I mean, I, I think there was a lot of writing on the wall. Um, after Georgia Southern, that it wasn't he wasn't going to get this thing turned around. I think all the hope kind of died on Saturday. Um, but overall, like the reaction today for me was <laughs> kind of sad. Um, I, I, you know, I first think about Scott Frost, and um, you know, he loves Nebraska football probably more than any of us. And I, I just think about like put myself in his shoes. Get get your dream job, and you just fail. And he he feels like he probably let everyone he knows in his life down, and I just I feel for him uh, in that regard. I am just left with a shocked how how this went so awry. How did we never move this? But yeah, I, I think that's my initial reaction is sadness and shock. Derek, what about you? How do you, how did you feel? Oh, I was sad. I, I'm with you, Tyler. I. If there was one guy I wanted to see succeed here, it was Scott Frost. Like, there was nobody else I wanted to see see succeed more. Uh, I, I wish the guy the best of luck. I hope he catches on somewhere and continues his coaching career. It, ju- it just didn't work out. I mean, shit happens. You know, you're not going to be successful in everything you do everywhere you go. I, this, it obviously wasn't a good fit here. And, and it's on him. Like, win games. That's all you had to do. You didn't do it. Are are you kind of glad that it happened though, so we can move on to somebody else? I I wouldn't say glad. No, I again, I wanted to see the guy succeed. Yeah, but how you how long were you going to sit there and wait for this to happen? I know that you've been vocal that you think a guy should get five. I was, that you think I I a guy should get fired. I was, I was years. never going to be. I was never going to be glad that he got fired ever. Was it the right move? Yes, I was never going to be glad about him being fired though. So, I mean, if you – so, okay, you did say it was the right move. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's the right move, but it doesn't – just because it's the right move doesn't mean I have to be happy and giddy about him being fired. Tyler, are you happy that that – happy that it actually happened and we can move on to somebody else? Um, You know, I, again, I think – as I said, I think it became evident he wasn't going to get this thing turned around. So the writing was on the wall. I think that it's a really bad look – to have the student section chant fire frost. Um, I don't know what you do as a program when you're that negative. Um, I, so I, I guess in the sense I am, I guess hap, happy is not the word. I am looking forward to what the future will bring. Um, I think in the short term, a lot of uncertainty. Um, I mean, say what you will about frost, but I felt like generally I kind of knew what I would expect on a Saturday. I felt like I was going to at least see us come in this game, be competitive, and kind of have an idea and probably blow it. But I kind of knew there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, I've been vocal to you, Justin, um, and I don't know how much on the podcast of Derek, but Nebraska doesn't have a track record of great hires. Um, And so, I mean... I, I don't know. A lot of uncertainty, I guess, is the right word. Trev Alberts is hiring his first football coach ever. He's never, not any level has ever hired a Division One or head football coach. So it'll be interesting. Uh, he's very well, collected. He's, he's hiring his first, 
Isn't he hiring his first coach ever at Nebraska? Like, first coach ever at who Nebraska. Else is he no, I'm talking about even at UNO. He cut football when he got there, so he's never hired a head football coach. Period. Well, I, I understand that. Yeah. I, I understand that, but yeah, I mean, it's still it's still a different ball. It's still a different ball game when you're talking about UNO to UNO. Oh, I, I mean, mean, yeah, whatever. First coaching Division One. I mean, it's and again, I, he's he, Trev Alberts is a smart dude. I think Nebraska's brand still does mean something. Just we don't have a track record of winning, making that great hire. Well, I am unlike you guys. I am completely ecstatic that Scott Frost has been fired as head coach of Nebraska. I mean, I am. I feel like my fandom has been re-energized completely. I, there's finally something to look forward to because we've had this conversation before. I saw the writing on the wall long before you guys did that this guy was not going to work out. And he's been a complete dud at his job for four years and three games. I mean, Tyler, you've talked about it. And it's come to the point that you've rooted against Nebraska to get rid of this guy. And I am completely re-energized now. I mean, this is such great news. Tyler, you've talked before saying that when Nebraska loses, it ruins college football. That whole day, that the rest of the college football games, it ruins it for you. And so he's ruined a lot of Saturdays for you over the last five years. So yeah. this should I, I be hope we, great I hope we news. get a guy that I hope we get get a guy that can win. Yeah, I, I, Justin. I, I mean, the, the real thing on you is you're always the first guy to want to fire a coach. I mean, you, half of your enjoyment in Husker football is to think about who the next guy is going to be. Well, especially you, you, when you, that guy is not working out. I mean, but you did it under Riley. You did it under Pelini. Like you always am the fire the coach guy. I was a I was a Pelini fan. Until I was that a Pelini fan until I the final year. Until the final that, year. Not that last few years. The last two or three years, you were pretty much ready to fire him. Yeah, I, I'll just say, Justin. Me and you have talked a lot of football in the last twelve years. I would say that more often than not, you are the fire the coach guy. And again, to to your and you get you get to do a victory lap. You were right. You, you've been saying for three years that we should fire him, and yeah. you you get to take the victory lap of being right. And I love it. I I completely love it. This is the, a great move. I mean, I I was shocked that it happened this early. I figured that you know my best case scenario was going to be like the morning of October first that he would be gone. But this is even better. I mean, it, it allows the team. Uh, kind of what Trev Albert said, you know, it gives them a chance with nine games remaining. He's trying to salvage a season. And if we can do it by getting rid of the guy that was responsible for all the bad decisions over the last four plus years, I mean, it, it was time. It was. I, I, I hope you're right, Just I really hope on Saturday we pull Mickey Joseph leads an upset against Oklahoma. I really hope it's not the alternative of us losing by 48 points at home and we start going back to the. 62 to three days. Well, it, that could happen too. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm rooting for Mickey Joseph. I've said before when, uh, when he first came aboard, I just, there's something about when he speaks, it just feels uh, different. I mean, it doesn't feel like coach speak. I mean, there's, I mean, he cares. I mean, there's, there's a lot of passion when he talks football and it, it's not like when Scott Frost speaks. So I think that it does give a, a new voice. So I, uh, I'm digging in deep for uh, for Mickey Joseph, Tyler. Where did this whole thing go wrong, though, for Scott Frost? Yeah, I mean, I I think that to me is the 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 question. I mean, I you know, I, I think that when you look at him, I, it almost goes back to me. That if I was going to say, so I've had a lot of messages as you guys did. A little story, real quick. I was driving back. I got a chance to watch the game on Saturday with Derek. Um, we were watching it and. I was driving back when the news broke with Scott Frost, and I had no joke 10, 11 group text messages uh, blowing up my phone when I got back to Ashland. And, you know, a lot of reactions, um, more positive, a couple very negative um, on the fire and frost. And, but the question that came around is how this went so awry. And I've heard everything from Frost's hubris, from um, he, him losing confidence in himself, what got into the show. Um, to him worried about being the savior, all the different things. But to me, if I had to point to the one thing that went wrong with Scott Frost is it was his judgment. And like Scott Frost is a guy that you could like sit there and give him like, hey, it's an 80 to one odds that is going to work. And he'd pick the 80 and he'd be wrong. Like it didn't matter whatever choice he made, even if it was on paper, the right choice, it was just always wrong. And 
I don't that maybe that's something with experience he just didn't have. Maybe he just tried to be the smartest guy in the room too often, but he just seemed like his judgment, he always made the wrong call. Derek, where do you think it went wrong for Scott Frost? Oh man, it's a, it's really hard to say. I mean, it, it felt like everything was damned from the doom. I mean, his very first game gets canceled by by weather delay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, just everything everything that ever like nothing could ever possibly go his way. It seemed like, and it's on, a lot of it's on him. And a lot of it, like Tyler's talking about his decision making wasn't always great. Uh, the last few years, uh, offensively and defensively, and it's always going to come back on the head coach. There's always little to no adjustments made, it seems like, at half times. Um, I mean, this all goes back to the 2020 season. I think that's where it really started going wrong for the guy. And it, it just really, to me, that's where he lost his confidence, as Tyler is, was speaking of. You know, he, he fought so hard to get that season going, and just shit the bed that whole season. Well, he's made a lot of bad hires over the his the course of his tenure at Nebraska. I mean, you know, entering our fifth year, we're on our, the third offensive coordinator because the previous two that he brought in, they didn't pan out. There's just, he brought in some really bad coaches. I think he wanted some people that would say yes to him, then, you know, like challenge him on anything. He wanted to be the smartest guy in the room, it seemed. Uh, but, you know, we're saying he made the offensive changes this year, and I hope those guys are good. So far, it's looking pretty good offensively. Uh, but, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, and this is where it's kind of goofy, though. I mean, shoot, we were just had a podcast, what, three or the week before the season, I think it was, and we were singing the praises of uh, Shenander. And, you know, we were like saying, okay, this is, you know, bold predictions was mine was this is going to be his last year because he's going to either find a head coaching job or get a better job offer at a better better school, whatever. Well, golly, that's it's looking quite the opposite there. It had a terrible read on that. And just the defensive coaches like in general right now are struggling. In, in all honesty, I guess the writing really should have been on the wall with Shenander, too. Like, I know we praised him a lot last year, but statistically, it wasn't a great defense. I mean, aided by a games, bunch of super saying, seniors. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I mean, but statistically, it wasn't, I mean, it was still, I mean, Mark Banker still had better defenses than he did. Right. And we wanted Mark Banker fired left and right. Yeah, I mean, I think that this when you talk about the coaching hires, I think it goes back to again day one. Um, he brought every coach with him to UCF, and I think at the time there was a lot of talk about the loyalty and how you know that's so rare in college football. And I think we discovered why that's rare to bring your whole staff because it just doesn't work. Um, you know, it is very hard to say that every coach is the right fit for every job. And so just to transplant a staff like that, there's just, it just doesn't work. And I mean, that's a prime example. Well, I I guess that's my biggest hope for this new coach that comes in is that Nebraska is going to open up the pocketbook, not just to a coach, but to his assistants and get some damn coordinators, get some of the best coordinators in here. I mean, I, again, you certainly hope that. I, I mean, I, again, I, I would also point to the, the when you kind of look at the Scott Frost thing, and I had this conversation today, the, as much as I like Adrian Martinez, like Adrian Martinez really, he peaked and Frost never moved off of him. And it it is, Frost could never run a system that he wanted to run with Adrian because he couldn't run his system. You know, watching that game on Saturday, what was funny to me is watching what Clay Hilton ran was exactly what I expected Scott Frost to run when he got to Nebraska. Yeah. And we never could run that because Adrian couldn't run that type of offense. Adrian Martinez is a really good quarterback, but he couldn't run that offense. And and he stuck with him for four years. And now, funny enough, he gets a quarterback that probably could run that offense in Casey Thompson – and now he's not in control of the offense anymore. And and again, it, it just it, it I don't know. It, it is just it is baffling. 
Trev Albert said it. I believe it. Scott Frost is going to get an opportunity to do something somewhere else. I just, I, I believe he does know X's and O's. He his teams never quit on him. He could obviously keep the room engaged. What, however, else, however he did it, the teams never quit on him. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, it, I don't know. Maybe this job. It, I think this comes down to this job is just too big for him at that juncture in his career. And, and unfortunately, that's the same thing that's happened to the last few coaches. What kind of relationship well, you, do you, you think? You got to find a. Go ahead, Derek. Well, I think you have to find a coach that can learn to play to your ability and not to your opponent's competition, which is what we did under Frost. We we played a bad team, we played bad and kept up and just stayed in the game with them. We played a good team, we played good and stayed in with them. But we can't play to the level of our competition. We just need to be able to play at the same level every week. That's fair. What kind of relationship do you think Scott Frost and uh, Trev Alberts had? Bad. Bad? Yeah. I, I, I'm sure it wasn't great. I mean... I mean, I, I mean, I think Trev was brought in. Trev was brought in here to fire him. I mean, of course, it wasn't going to be a great relationship. You think so? Do you honestly believe that? I mean, I, I think they wanted somebody that would have a good enough name that fans wouldn't be completely pissed if they fired him. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, I think there's something to that. I think there's something to that uh, thing, and I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I like Trev Alberts. But I also get like a little bit that he is very, very intelligent. He's very calculated in what he says. And I think that like he says the right things, but I think he knows what he's saying. He, I don't, I don't believe he ever gave Frost an endorsement. Like, I don't think he ever said, man, I really want this to be successful. I don't even think that this last coaching search with the new offensive coaches, I, I don't believe that he, intentionally set frost up for success in that search really? I, 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 think, so? I think i think mickey joseph was brought in to replace frost i think that i think trev Do you really yeah i think i think so I, I i don't think that like trev albert's pointing out that mickey joseph has things ready to change he's got some things highlighted already i think him being a named associate head coach i think the buyout being october one um i think that we've heard rumors and stuff about how some of the offensive coaches searching went and um, maybe Frost didn't always get the, the guy that was first on his list. I just rarely comes to mind. Um, that wasn't the first choice. And I, that was I just, Scott Frost's first choice is what we hear. Well, that's that's the Frost one that said. he wanted. That's what, that's what that was the coach beat, but that's not, I mean, entirely what was out there. I mean, again, Mark Whipple, I don't think was his first choice. I think there was a lot done. Um, I don't think Frost wanted to give up the playbook. I don't think that I think that was pretty evident he didn't want to. I, I I don't think he wanted to give up the coaching. I don't think he wanted to give up the uh playbook. I, I don't think he wanted to stop calling plays. Ever. And I think he was forced to. And again, maybe that was the right call, right? Maybe maybe Frost needed to do that for his own good, but I think that was like Trev Alberts forcing him to do something. And again, none of this matters because at the end of the day, Frost didn't get it done. Whatever the reasons are, it doesn't matter. But I, I think you brought up the relationship. I think it was rocky. Um, I think you brought up Trev was his boss. Yeah, um, I mean, Sean Callahan. He said that uh, even their very first meeting, when Trev Alberts was hired, Scott Frost was on vacation, and they introduced him anyway. And then, uh, at the very first meeting that they had, uh, the meeting was rocky because Bill Moose was never around, so Scott Frost never really had a boss. So, you know, Trev Alberts, he's a uh, kind of like comes off as like. A guy that's going to play by the uh, play by the book, and you know there's a hierarchy, there's a leadership uh, structure there, and Scott Frost was going to have to report to him. And I don't, I don't, I don't I'm thinking that Scott Frost doesn't like that. <laughs> he didn't like that. He was yeah. free to reign under Bill Moose, and uh, but yeah. So and then some of the things that Scott uh, Trev Alberts alluded to in. At the meeting, and you've 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 heard him talk about it before in some of his other uh, interviews. You know, or he he doesn't care. He doesn't like ma- people making excuses. He said that publicly before, like in the off season. You know, stop pointing fingers and stop making excuses. And then at the presser today, you know, when he was talking about uh, 
guys that he wanted, you know, uh, talking about grind, wanting grinders, you know, and people that were really focused on there and guys like being successful, they don't have a lot of hobbies. And I think that was a dig kind of like at Scott Frost because of all of his talking about hunting. I mean, he's, he's been public about, he wants to go hunting more often. I mean, he wants to do other things. Uh, so, and then when uh, Trev Alberts was talking, uh, oh shoot, what is it? I sent it to you guys. I'm drawing blank. I didn't write it in my notes. Uh, it's about stop talking about championships and we'll do start. Uh, shit, just we'll stop talking about championships. We'll stop talking about things we used to do because Scott Frost was always talking about. When I played here under Tom Osborne back in the 90s, you know, all, all that stuff that he would always say. And it's like the, the game has evolved so much. Uh, Trevor Alberts did say that he wasn't trying to take digs at uh, Scott Frost. But, I mean, there were some subtle things in there that were definitely targeted at Scott Frost, I thought. Again, and, you, and again, you, we we're talking about what went wrong for Scott Frost. I think that a couple things you brought up, there was other elements that went wrong. And I remember, you know, this is back when you liked Frost. When he used to make digs of Mike Riley early on, everyone was kind of like, oh, my God, they, the, the weight room, and they loved it, and they ate it up. And I think he he alienated players early on. I think he... Yeah, he uh, did. And I think that he he immediately, um, you know, was, was pointing to a slower turnaround than it needed to be, and... Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think those were early mistakes um, from him right off the get go. Um, it, it just again, I, I he obviously he Trev's out this he, um, in the press conference. He, I do think he'll find success somewhere, and I think we'll look back and just wonder how this went so wrong. All right, let's talk about the final nail in the coffin, and that was this last game here, Georgia Southern uh, beating Nebraska forty-five to forty-two. It was a historic day for Clay Hilton, first-year head coach at Georgia Southern. Uh, Tyler, uh, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we're not going to grade this game. We're going to kind of breeze through this this week. If I was giving out grades on offense, there would be a lot of really good grades. It'd be an honor roll. Um, the offense was great, and the defense was the statistically the most yards we've ever given up in Memorial Stadium. I mean, it was a, as bad a performance as the defense has seen under Frost, um, and maybe in the history of Nebraska. I mean, you. I mean, you have to go back to the the Kansas when we gave up seventy six points, and the seventy to ten Lubbock, and maybe the sixty two to three Ohio State to see like these bad of defensive performance. And I think it's the third most yards allowed in and, Nebraska and, history. And, and honestly. It, yeah, I mean, and there's been, and that's kind of skewed a little bit because some of those games we probably would have given up more yards, but we were so blown out because our offense didn't keep up that the teams let off. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was historically bad, and you know, I guess I point to the end of the game that last drive um, that they gave up. There was multiple chances for turnovers, multiple chances to to end the game, and we just couldn't capitalize. Derek, what were your thoughts from the Georgia Southern game? Uh, it was terrible. I got, again, I mean, Tyler hit everything pretty well. I mean, the offense looked great. I, You score 42 points, you should be winning that game, period. Like, there's no excuse for it. Defensively, you couldn't stop. You, you couldn't fight your way out of a wet paper bag, right? I mean, it was terrible. Just horrendous. That's one of the worst I've ever seen a defense play in all my life. And that's saying a lot, considering we've so... <laughs> We were at the seventy to ten game. <laughs> yes, we were. About. We left. We left with eight minutes left. That was terrible. I mean, it was. It was horrible. I mean, I, I, I mean, Tyler brought it up earlier. But if you don't have those two interceptions, I mean, where's that? Where's that game go then? I mean, that could have been. It could have even been worse than what it was. Well, I mean, Nebraska caught the biggest break in the world at the end of the half when Georgia Southern they weren't allowed to get any points there. They had the two snap infractions to end the half. I mean, if they would have gone up a touchdown, even a field goal, I mean, it would have been, it would have been crazy because George Southern was getting the ball back in the, the half. I mean, they could have been down really bad. And then, you know, what would, what would that have done to the mentality of the team? You know, 
going down two scores, you know, it, it, that would have been yeah. terrible. It, it was already terrible. It took oh, the middle of the third yeah. quarter to get a damn punt from these guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I, I, <laughs> they, they were at one point like seven for seven on third down conversions. It was insane. Do you think, do you guys think if that game hadn't turned out the way it was, do you, would Scott Frost have been fired? Let's say, let's say we made the field goal at the end of the game and won in overtime. Would we see still see a same result today? Would Scott Frost still be fired? No, no, I, I don't believe so. They would, they, they would have waited till October 1st at that point. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I, I, I you know, it, it's, you bring up another scenario, and I guess on a positive note, but I, to answer the question directly, no, I don't think he'd been fired. I, I, I think if we would have found a way to win that game, and we almost did, uh, a positive out of this game besides just the offense, that was about as good a two-minute drive as I've seen in four years. Like, we drove with 40 seconds left to get a field goal. Like, I, we never did that. And we had an opportunity, but I got if it were with the overtime, I mean, we'd have had a match touchdown to touchdown because we weren't stopping them. Yeah. And I, and I think that's part of it too. Like this, that's why Trev Alberts wanted to fire him here is because you're not going to risk somehow, some way Scott Frost finding a way to beat Oklahoma. And now you can't fire him. Well, so I got that message today. I, I got, I, I got that message. One of my strands was like, man, I'm shocked. They didn't wait till October 1st. And you know, the people I was chatting with were saying they, they couldn't risk him beating Oklahoma. And I just, and that pisses me off. Like, <laughs> I get it that you're like, the writing's on the wall it that can, he's going to fail. It could piss you off, but it, it could piss you off, but I, but I do believe that to be true. Because you're not going to fire the guy after a win, I don't believe. Not, not, your, not you're Oklahoma gonna, you're, especially. Not a top 10 gonna, win. Oh, yeah. But, uh, like, that's like, that's like weird. Like, you're saying, God, you don't want you can't fire you have to fire him now because what if he succeeds? Like you can't risk him succeeding. Like I mean, it's like I I unless you. It, it clear, sounds but, weird, but at that point, at the, at that point, he needed to go. Which, as much as I hate it, he needed to go. I I and I and again, I, I, I just I I don't think it, he it sets a bad precedent. It sets a bad bad precedence if you fire him after a win. So you guys are saying like you know if. If I were to ask the question, was it the right time and was it the right decision to fire him today based on what happened? Your answer is yes. Probably. My answer, my answer is no. I, 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 you don't think this was the right time or decision today? I, I have a hard time stomaching that waiting. What? I could be proven wrong. Maybe Mickey Joseph takes the team and we win games and we make a bowl and it's all worth it and we get excitement like you want, Justin. And I'm rooting for that. And I think there's a chance. I, I certainly think that's on the table. But in two weeks, three weeks, you saved seven and a half million dollars. If Mickey Joseph doesn't turn this thing around. Go ahead. If you're going to talk about that, let, let's talk about how much we lose if fans stop showing up to watch this stuff. If fans just suddenly quit showing up for these games because they don't want to see Frost coaching anymore, then how much are we losing in all that revenue? That's fair, but these tickets have already been sold. So you don't have to worry okay, about Oklahoma. But they're still, they're, they're, but they're, I thought they're, they're still, still saying that those tickets revenue. are still they're available. Right. I thought the first three home games were sold, but the rest of the games for the rest That's, of the season okay, have oh, not oh, been oh. sold. Oklahoma has been sold out. So you, you at least get through Oklahoma. Right. So the first three home games were sold, but Certainly. the rest of the games have not been sold. But that's sold. my point. It's like, what, what advantage do you get? Like, you could have waited until after Indiana. And in theory, if, if you're going to still fire him, if he loses the next two games and you're fired, you're still in the same situation and you still can have that excitement. Now, I, I guess, you know, obviously there's speculation. That's a lot of money. Seven and a half again, million dollars for three weeks. There, there is, and I get that. But the other, the, the other part of that too is, what, right now, Trev Alberts has a good selling point for this coaching job. He's like, look, even at our lowest point, we're selling out games. There's a lot of fans in the stands. The, the, from everything I heard, the crowd was pretty electric last night, and 
So, so you have that as a selling point. If you wait another couple of weeks and fans aren't in the stands and it's only half full, then all of a sudden you're starting to lose that sure. selling point. Sure. I mean, again, and, and that was, of course, maybe. But may, maybe that's how it played out. I mean, there's, but let's be clear, there's maybe a few thousand tickets available. We're not talking like there's still 25,000 tickets available. So right. the, the revenue... Yes, I understand that. But, but they still have to come to the game. Just because they have the tickets doesn't mean they're going to come well, to the I, game. I get it. But again, and we'll see... Again, Oklahoma is a big part. I just, to me, we'll see how it all plays out. But for a school that traditionally has not opened up the pocketbooks, and and I know and I know that we were joking about this in a different thread about like a booster probably ponied up to get rid of him now, and they probably had no mo- problem raising that money. I just hope those boosters are still writing the same checks when it's time to hire another coach. Because the names that we're wanting to grab, you're going to have to fork over eight nine million dollars to bring those guys in. And that extra seven and a half million dollars could have gone a long way to getting that money. So Trev Albert said not really, today, not, not that, when you're doubling your. Not, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, Trev Albert said today that the resources will not be a problem in hiring. He said he's fully aware on what it costs to buy a good head coach. Okay, and and, I, and, I, and he says resources will not be a problem. And like what Derek was going to allude to is with the new TV contract, with all that additional revenue, the money will be there. And, we will have the money and, and again, to pay for it. And I, I, I hope we do. I hope we do. And, and and maybe you guys are right. But we have never paid top ten coaching salaries. And for the names that we're we talking top tw- paid top twenty. Scott Frost was top twenty. Top He's, ten. I said top ten. And for the names we're talking about, I believe you're gonna have to fork over top ten coaching money to get those names. We'll we'll talk about names here in a second. In a second, but I don't know how many top 10 guys that you have in your list. But uh, where does Nebraska go from here? Uh, Mickey Joseph. Uh, Mickey Joseph is going to finish out the season. And from reports, the the football players were completely ecstatic when they heard that uh, Mickey Joseph was going to be named head coach. Uh, wh- what do you think about Mickey Joseph's success? chance for success this season and maybe if he gets another one, Tyler. Well, I, I like Mickey Joseph. I, I, I mean, I think he was a really great wide receiver coach. I mean, he's obviously, this is a big jump for him. Um, you know, hopefully he could be a voice um, in that locker room. I, I, I don't know where the, the talent fix on defense is going to come in at. I don't know how we're going to fix that gap. Um, I don't know if Whipple completely unchecked how that's going to look on offense. Um, I don't know how that's, you know, obviously there was huge speculation in North Dakota that Frost had a huge influence on the play calling in the second half. I feel I saw some ripples of Scott Frost on Saturday with a very good offense. I don't know what that looks like. Whipple unchecked. I, I'm rooting for the guy. I, I I would love for the, I would love at the end of the season there to be at least a conversation. Like, man, should we just keep whip, uh, Mickey Joseph? Uh, Trev Alberts didn't really seem like he was open to that idea. Um, he said kind of the right things, I guess, but he was like, "We're going to do a national coaching search." He never uh, he he kind of shut down that Mickey Joseph had a realistic shot at the job. Um, well, he said he said he'd wait to the, see how the season plays out. He, he said he said it, we're going to do a national coaching search. If if at the end of the season Mickey Joseph is a candidate, we would certainly entertain that. Something paraphrasing, but he he didn't give a like a yeah. I mean, I would love. I mean, Mickey Joseph is a complete. He is a he is a candidate today. Like he never said anything that alluded to that. There is a. It, it's a pretty high ceiling, and I would love it. I would love that to happen. I'd love to make a bowl game. Um, and try to find a way to do that. But yeah, I think from here, um, uphill battle. I will be interested to see if the other nine coaches are still on staff in the next couple weeks. Oh, interesting. Uh, we'll talk about that next. Derek, your thoughts on Mickey Joseph and what that means for Nebraska? I, I, I look. I don't. I don't think he has much of a shot. I. The guy's never been an offensive coordinator, even yet alone a head coach. I. It doesn't seem like a very good path for him. It does, I mean, I don't know. It definitely would not be a splash hire, which maybe we don't need a splash hire. I don't know. But like Tyler is saying, I, how, how is he going to fix his defense? And, I, and he's going to have to be successful in these next nine games in order to even be a candidate. And I, I just don't know how, how he's going to fix this defense to make it successful. 
Yeah. Well, Sam Pittman, he has the he got the job at Arkansas, and he was never a coordinator. I mean, he was an offensive line coach. So it. The, that's fair, but, it I mean, it's happened. far and few between that that it, happened. Right, but but it has happened. It's not. I, I, I never. I, I get. It. I never said it. And it's never happened. It's just not something that you see happen. Right, especially at a school like Nebraska. So Tyler, you kind of alluded alluded to it with uh, new hires. So with Mickey Joseph getting the promotion to head coach, there's one assistant spot out there. Do you think we hire somebody? Do you think maybe somebody else gets fired? How do you see the staff panning out under uh, Mickey Joseph? Well, I fully expect a current grad assistant or offensive or a current analyst to get promoted. I don't think we're going to go external for this um, at this juncture. Um, I I think that I I I tend to think um, that there will be the coaches will stay. I I hope that happens. I think that. I, I still do have faith, but I mean the the elephant in the room is Eric Shenander. Um, I mean, the defense is the reason we Frost is fired right now. Um, now Frost owns that; he's the head coach; he's responsible for everything. So I'm not saying Frost got the wrong end of the deal there, but the defense is why Frost is not here right now. This based off this year, and I don't know if you're. Mickey Joseph, and you're hoping somehow we're going to get a shot at this? I don't know. I, I can't. I don't think his job is set in stone by any stretch of the imagination. I, I'd give that basically a coin flip if we see him, if Oklahoma might be Eric Shenander's last game. So expand. I mean, what happens to, to play calling there? What I mean, what do you see happening? I, I mean, I think that you could have anyone call defense and I don't think you would. I, I don't know why you think that's such a hard thing for someone to do. Like, I mean, they, they, <laughs> what? What? Are good defensive court? Are good defensive coordinators like a dime a dozen? Is that what it is? Anybody do we, can do it. Do we have a good defensive coordinator right now? Well, again, we thought we did. We thought we, we did. did. We were singing and his again, praises. I, I, I hope. I hope he can turn around. I've seen. I, I still hold out a little bit of hope that he can get some semblance of defense going on that some of these freshmen develop maybe eric uh nick henrik comes back and he helps sure up the linebacker core i still have some hope in there but i i don't think that like i don't think we i don't think the play calling is that hard on defense that i'm so scared that mike dawson or travis fisher or bill bush couldn't call some defense and make it work um so i think they can figure it out all right, Derek, what are your thoughts there on uh, new hires and maybe potential fires? I I would struggle to think it's going to happen. I I can't see where you're going to – you're you're Mickey Joseph and you're in your audition to make the biggest jump of your life, and you're going to fire the one guy that you know nothing about. <laughs> like, you're not a defensive guy. I mean, so you're going to fire that guy and, and leave it to a guy that – has never called plays. Like, I, I'm with Justin. I, I don't think you can just promote anybody to do that job. I I think it's tougher than what what maybe what Tyler must think but, it is. But okay, <laughs> let's, let's pick up Bill Bush. Let's just say Bill Bush. Bill Bush was pick up a book that says defensive coordinators for dummies. I mean, how okay, hard but can Bill it be? Bush was co-defensive coordinator at Rutgers. He was defensive coordinator at Utah State. Like he was defensive coordinator at Northern uh, Arizona '96. I mean. Bill Bush has been a coach for 20-some years. Okay. I think he could figure out coaching defense it, if he need to be. Is this the style of defense that he ran? What style of defense are we running? The Schneider defense. <laughs> like, are we, are it's we a the three, one that four? does not involve getting any pressure on the quarterback. <laughs> are we a 3-4? Are we a 4-3? I don't know. I don't even know what our base defense is at this point. Like, I don't know... I mean, are we running the NASCAR? We, we are certainly not. There, there is no racetrack on this team except the up, opposite direction. It is a NASCAR the opposite rate. Teams are just flying through, like nothing is there. I mean, again, I, I don't want to see Eric Shenander fired. I, I mean, it's hard for me to backtrack on how I felt about him eight weeks ago. But I mean, sir, at the end of the press conference, Trev Alberts made a comment that alluded to. Mickey Joseph is going to have autonomy with the coaching staff. I think that he made it. And that was in response to a question 
when they ask, is any other coachman let go? Which alludes that that is definitely on the table. And I don't even know the other name if it's not Shenander. Who else would be a right candidate to get fired? Maybe he fires Shenander and gets old Ed Orzeron in here to call some plays. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but he was an offensive line coach, though. He's not a he was defensive, defensive guy. line. I thought, was it defensive, was defensive line? line. I thought it was... No, he was a defensive line coach. Okay. Well, shit. Maybe so. I don't think he's ever been a coordinator, but... He's been a head coach. <laughs> How hard can it be? I don't know. Uh, I, I just, again, it, it's just interesting that, like, you think the play calling is the reason why you can't, but you, getting rid of the head coach, that has no bearing on the team. Like, like I just think it, it obviously you can get rid of the, the defense. You got rid of the offensive coordinator last year. You got rid of, uh, I mean. Well, I mean, look, some of the play, maybe the play calling wasn't bad on defense, but the damn, the, the performance is terrible. The missed tax, tackles, being out of position, unless they're being coached to be out of position all the time, and uh, and, and and that's probably a point. And, and, that, and that falls back on that falls back on a defensive coordinator. Yes, like get these guys in position. And again, I don't think there's a magic bolt. I don't think that firing any defensive coach at the. I don't think there's a magic bolt to save this season. I guess that's my general sense. It's like we'll see what Mickey Joseph and the team does on Saturday. But I, I don't think firing Frost was a magic bullet that we all of a sudden turned into a different team. Maybe I'm wrong. I would I would love to just believe that Scott Frost I would love to be you, Justin, and believe Scott Frost was just so bad. This is actually a national championship contending team now that we I'm, got Frost Scott Scott I'm Frost. I'm not gone. saying that, but what I'm saying is I mean he's made it too hard on himself. I mean when Clay Helton gets fired at USC and he goes into Georgia Southern and he turns that team from a triple option team to taking down a power five team, a team that the all the analytics loved, you know, all the analytics had him at winning at eight games. F, you know, and the analytics had Nebraska in the power polls like ranked, you know, top 50 taking Nebraska down like that. And this is something that Scott Frost was like, you know, he didn't have his players and he didn't have, he made all the excuses why it was taking him so long to yeah. turn the corner. And Clay Helton did, did it in two games. And, two games took down Nebraska. And to be I, fair, to be fair, Clayton Helton versus the time Scott Frost got here, the transfer portal is a different world than it was five years ago. And that, I mean, that's why he was able to. He brought in a quarterback from. That was a six-year senior that you did not respect. You had, did had no, zero I, respect I, again, for the I, zero, Buffalo you're right. head coach. I, I was, if you want to count all the ways I've been wrong in the last couple of years, you need a long ass list because there's a lot of things I've been wrong about. Yeah, I mean, well, we, shit, we've we've all been wrong about this whole Nebraska team from from everything, top to bottom. I mean, it it's the bottom line is we lost to the Ginger General. I mean. <laughs> That was the, the ginger the general, ginger general beat the ginger Jesus. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was it was bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 just crazy to think that you know we we've fallen this far. I mean, there's there was no hope in sight. I mean, I, I I've asked you guys this I think last episode, but you know. But do you guys see any path to a bowl game at this point? Not now. Not not now. No. And 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 that and to be fair to Mickey Joseph, that was independent if Scott Frost was and they like I don't think we would have got there with Scott Frost. I don't think we're gonna get there with Mickey Joseph. I I I I don't honestly see a big change in this team. I guess it's credit to I, I kind of right now have the same season playing out, but well, the blueprint is out there how to beat this defense. It's not fucking hard. I mean, <laughs> you can you can move the ball and score on this defense. All right, uh, real quick here. Uh, I don't want to get too deep because we don't know shit, but uh, I just want to talk about some future head coaching uh, guys that are on your short list here. Uh, Derek, I'm going to go to you here. You, what are some guys that you like that uh, you think you would trust to come to Nebraska and have a chance to do well? Ah, uh, man, I don't, I don't know. It, it, that's a tough question right now. I, I, I would personally like to see uh, 
Lane Kiffin come in, but I think that's probably a pipe dream. Uh, Bill O'Brien, I don't think, would be a terrible hire. Uh, he, he's coached in the Big Ten before. He knows how to do it. He took a, he took a way worse situation and did pretty good with it at Penn State. Uh, man, I, I don't know. I The Urban Meyer rumors are flying around. And anybody who's saying they don't want him are crazy because I would take him in a heartbeat, even if it is only for four years or whatever. Yeah. Get him in here, get some five-star athletes in here, and let somebody else take over when he's done. Yeah. Tyler, what, what about you? Who do you? Who's on your short list here? Well, so I got three things here before we get into uh, – two things before the short list. So you mentioned big money guys. Lane Kiffin, you would have to pay top 10 salaries in the country to get him. Urban Meyer, you'd have to pay 10 top 10 salaries in the country to get top him. Top five. Yeah, I mean – so you're talking eight million dollars plus category to get either of those two guys in here. Um, I think a couple of these other names you probably would need to fork over the same amount of money. So I just well, that's where I'm getting that the big money, the names we're talking about. I think are huge salaries. Bill O'Brien, maybe you get him for that four to five million dollar range, but I, I mean I think everyone else is going to be high. Secondly, I've heard this out there a lot, and this is one of my least favorite takes is Nebraska doesn't need to go hire a Nebraska guy. And it's not that I hate the take that we don't need to hire a Nebraska guy, but Scott Frost wasn't a good hire because he played at Nebraska. Scott Frost was the reigning coach of the year when he was hired. If we bring in the reigning coach of the year, I don't care if they have Nebraska ties or not. And outside of Scott Frost, who's the Nebraska tie guy that we brought in? Mike Riley? Oh, he had no Nebraska ties. Bill Callahan? He had no Nebraska ties. I guess you could say Bo Pelini after one year as a coach here. But Nebraska's not like we. the last four coaches we brought in have been these legacy Nebraska guys. That, like, I just I think that's just like, oh, we can't bring in a Nebraska guy. Like, we haven't been. Scott Frost was hired not just because he was a Nebraska guy. So. So just want to get that little irk out of the way. But third, who do I think? Urban Meyer, obviously Dan Patrick reported that he might have interest. Um, I I don't see it. I, I, I think he, I think especially with Marcus Freeman struggling, he got paid $55 million to leave Jacksonville. I think he's going to hold out maybe for a better job. Uh, I think he's comfortable right now. Um, Matt Campbell's getting a lot of push. Interesting. And then uh, odds have come out that Lou Fickle is the favorite right now. Also an interesting hire. I think both of those I would be okay with. Uh, but the number one list guy on my list is Dave Aranda. Like, that's that's the guy that I really like. I like that we have a couple coaches on this staff already with Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph that have ties to him. They've coached on the same staff as him. So I kind of like that as a holdover to maybe get recruiting going. But Dave Aranda would probably be my number one wish list type guy. Um, and again, but you're you, gonna you're gonna have to pay him top ten too. Oh, top five. I mean, you're gonna pay him. You're gonna pay him top five money to get him. Yeah. And again, but I think that's the thing is any coach we're talking about right now, you're paying that much, which is why I'm prepared to be underwhelmed. I am prepared. Which, which, which to be to be fair, we talked about this already a little bit earlier. You're gonna damn near double your TV revenue. Money shouldn't be really that big of an issue. I hope you're right. I hope we go out and pay $10 million for a head coach. Like, I, I mean, Scott Frost was making whatever he was making. Go, I mean, you're, you're in theory right. Nebraska should have no reason not to call up Dave Aranda and say, you know, I know people are saying, because I brought him up, he, well, his contract, you have to buy him out for, like, so much money. I hope that's not an issue. I hope you can call him up and say, hey, here's a $10 million check. We'll make you the highest paid, second highest paid coach in the country. Um... Come on to Nebraska, and we'll buy it. I hope that's a conversation we can have. So I'll, I will also say this. Uh, I, I, I'm not necessarily advocating that we have to get a splash higher. I, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but if you go after a, a lower-name coach, I could be okay with that as long as you open up the, play, the, the pocketbook for the coordinators and the, and the assistant coaches. Go get, the best, the, go get those best guys. I would be okay with a lower-named guy as long as you do that. But if that lower-named guy, even Mike Riley, I could have been okay with Mike Riley if he would have went after some big-name assistant coaches. Was Bob Diaco like, not big enough get, for you there, Derek? 
Well, you shouldn't have brought Mark Banker in the first place. You shouldn't have brought Daniel Langsdorf in the first place. And Scott Frost should have never brought Shenander or Tory Walters over. Like that's and that's what it is. I, I mean, we should have went after bigger name coordinators. I, I I think that's probably maybe the most important part of this hire right now is getting the assistants and the coordinators in place more so than the head coach. I don't want to get, I don't want to get into this rabbit hole, but I mean. Mike Riley did make some pretty good hires that he brought in. He brought in some experienced dudes. He didn't get just get like group of five guys. I mean, he brought in some experienced dudes. Uh, but I, I want to go back to what Tyler was talking about with uh, Matt Campbell and Lars Anderson. He tweeted this out today, and Lars Anderson he had tweeted out you know before news had broke that Scott Frost was being hired. He broke the news, and he knew the uh, uh, what the contract was going to be seven years 35 million he broke the fred hoiberg news the will bolt news and today he tweeted four hours ago he said news i've never claimed to be a breaking news person but here we go iowa state head coach matt campbell is the primary target of nu ad trev alberts sources tell me it is highly expected that campbell will eventually be the head coach of husker football nation so take that how you will. I mean, I'm not opposed to that. I mean, I'm kind of with Derek. It's, that's not a splash hire to me, but it's a good uh, hire. I think it's, it's a, a good, good hire. It's it's not a bad hire. I mean, he's, I, I, I would not hate that hire, but his record in the last 17 games are 10 and seven in the big 12. And you're going to come into the big 10 and turn it around. I would be, I would be concerned about it, but he's he, going to have a lot more but, resources, but, 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 but I would Nebraska, not hate to hire better players. Yeah, that's what we said about Mike Riley, too. But but he would be a better hire than Mike Riley. He'd be a better hire than Bo Pelini. He'd be a better hire than Bill Callahan. He's been a good developer. He's been he, a great developer. Yes. I mean, he he is he has gotten that team to a 7-8 win, 9-win mark consistently. And again, I, I didn't. I, I wouldn't. I would not hate to hire. I got, I would be okay with it. But, but again, some, <laughs> but it, but it would not be a splash hire. And I, I would hope that again. He would bring along better coordinators. Oh, you know, Trev Albert said he wants grinders, and I think uh, one guy out there that's he's no splash hire by no means, but Lance Leopold at Kansas. I mean, what he's done at uh, Wisconsin Whitewater Division Three with all those national titles, and he turned around Buffalo. Remember, Turner Gill was at Buffalo. He did two years. He couldn't turn that place around. Lance Leopold turned. Buffalo around to a contender in the Mac, which it's not saying much, but he did well with those guys. I mean, he developed some talent. I mean, he put some guys in the NFL there, and he's gone to Kansas, and you know he he beat he upset Texas last year, and he's got Kansas at two and zero right now. Yeah. I mean, Kansas has had a splash higher in less miles, and Lance Leopold. I mean, I think he is a guy that knows how to develop football players, and I think that's what Nebraska needs right now. I, I hear a lot of criticism saying that Nebraska can't get the top talent. Nobody wants to go to Nebraska. Okay, you know, let's play that game. Fine. They can't. Find a guy that can develop those guys into great football players and get them playing. I mean, that's. I think that's what we need more than a splash hire. I mean, Lane Kiffin, you know, he's fun to follow on Twitter, you know, and he's he's got all of his stuff. But I don't know how great he is at developing Guys, you know, I don't know. It's. I mean, I would say he's developing players pretty well there at Ole Miss. They were kind of in a dumpster fire when he got there, and they're winning a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the Lance Leopold thing. I I I do. I like it. I like Blaine Kiffin too, for that matter. I, I there's a lot of coaches' names out there I like right now. Lance Leopold. Um, it, it is a little bit interesting too with him because before he went to UW Whitewater, which history. I mean, I was at in living in Wisconsin when he was dominating UW Whitewater. There was a lot of good pub on him. Uh, when he went to Buffalo. Uh, but before he was there, he was the offensive coordinator at UNO. And yeah. that was shortly before uh, Trev Alberts came in and abolished that. So I don't know what his feelings on Trev Alberts is. Um, I don't know. I know that's a lot of the UNO circle has a lot of negativity on Trev Alberts. And so I don't you think know. He's afraid fe- of getting fired twice by Trev Alberts. Well, he didn't get fired by Trev. He did, but a lot of his friends did. And, uh, 
I don't know. I, I think that'd be a good name. I, real quick, just kind of going down the list. Justin, you sent this out, but this is on Twitter, so it's not news. But a couple other names that have been thrown out as possible hires uh, that I don't love. But Brett Bielma, uh, plus 400 you could get if you bet him. Don't like that hire. Uh, Dan Mullen, uh, Jeff Levy, Jim Leonard. Yeah. Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen is a terrible, would be a terrible hire. Yeah. Brett Bielma, as much as I've been bullish on him, may not be that terrible of a hire. He's doing good things at Illinois in a matter of a year and three games. I, not a ter- not, there are worse it's hires. Illinois. Dan Mullen would be a bad hire. And, 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 he's co- and he's coached a lot in the Big Ten, and he knows how to win the I, Big Ten. Brett Bielma, I, I, I would be, again, of a lot of the names we've mentioned, he's lower Lane Kiffin. Uh, I get it. I get it. I just, but I'm I just, sure take that defensive coordinator from Illinois, and, and I, I will throw out one more. Uh, yeah, one more name I'd throw out as kind of a hail mary love hire would be Kyle Whittingham out of Utah. Yeah, I mean if you're going to throw out like, yeah. so the question I have He's for you, leaving Utah though. So the question I have for you, let's just say you guys are right. We double the revenue, so we can double our coaching pay. That means in theory that Nebraska should have no problem paying top five in the country coaching money, right? My question is, how many coaches do you call, like, splash hires before you go down your list? Like, we've listed a lot of splash hires. Dave Aranda, uh, Urban Meyer, um, Lane Kiffin, um, maybe Matt Campbell falls in that category. How many of these guys do you call before you say, fuck, they're all turning me down. I need to go down my list. Because no one wants to be the ninth choice. No one wants to be that ninth phone call because that gets out there, who you're looking so, at. So one guy that you did not mention that has the best odds overall, and that's Luke Fickle yeah. at plus 280. I mean, Luke, Luke Fickle, I mean, that would be, I think that's probably a splash hire. I mean, that's a dude that's, he's developed a mm. lot of great talent. I mean. You might be able to get him less than top five money, maybe. I don't know. But again, but my, that's my I, – yeah, good hire. But I guess how many of these guys do you call? Like I just wonder that because no one – you're going to have a hard time convincing Bill O'Brien maybe to come to Lincoln if he finds out that no one wants to be the ninth choice to your prom. Like no one wants to be that far down on your list. So I do wonder how many calls you can make before that point comes. And I also wonder how much we'll be looking hard – in the next month because you're not going to get Dave Aranda or Lane Kiffin or Lou Fickle to probably interview right now they're not going to interview in September we're September 11th we're three weeks into the season no one's going to be looking for a new job right now so unless you're calling Urban Meyer like you're probably not going to have a lot of luck uh swaying uh him uh one last name for you guys oh let me ask you so how many how many home run swings do you take do you take infinite until you get someone to say yes, or do you take three or four and then you go down your list? You know, I have no idea what it takes to involve what it takes uh, to hire a head coach. I don't know what that the process looks like, so I don't know. I mean, no answer. I, I I'm saying infinite. You just keep calling guys till you get the job because at some point money talks and somebody's going to take it. I mean. Maybe you don't want to be the ninth person called, but if I offer you enough money, you're going to go, eh, all right. Okay, one last name. The guy who did, the guy who fired, got Frost fired, Clay Hilton. I tell you what, I was impressed. I was impressed with what he did. I mean, he came into Lincoln. I mean, shoot. He has damn, he's got more wins uh, in Lincoln. Well, just as many wins in Lincoln as Scott Frost does this year. I'm not opposed oh, that, to that. I would, I would be totally opposed to that. I would hate to see him here. Why? Because first off, I, I really hope I really hope that the guy that we're going after isn't a guy that's been fired from from a Power Five school already. Well, you know what? I'd rather I'm... see so I'd rather see somebody who's not been fired. Yeah. But we'll we talked see. about this. Everyone has warts. Everyone has warts, and. We'll, I, I we'll, we'll see what Clay Helton does, but I mean, let's just play this out and say, hey, he's he ends well, up. It's not. It's not like he's. It's it's not like he's ten years removed from being fired from USC. I mean, he was just fired last year. No, but his tenure at USC wasn't a complete dumpster fire. 
It wasn't yeah, great. It wasn't a complete dumpster fire. It wasn't a complete dumpster fire, but he was on the hot seat for like eight years. He was. Did he have a conference championship, though? He might have, maybe year two. But the problem with Clay Hilton at USC is he sucked at recruiting, which that is kind of the fear, is that he was a really bad recruiter. He let California, like all those athletes, leave. He never brought in a big name. He always he let, There was a year he did not sign one of the top ten California recruits. Like, he sucked at recruiting in California. Uh, so that does worry me because I think you have to be a – you have to either – recruiting big, but I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious what, how this year plays out for Georgia Southern. If, if they end up winning the Sun Belt or competing, man, I, I mean, he wouldn't be he, – he'd be up there for me. All right. Uh, we went a lot longer than what I thought we would have. We're going to preview Oklahoma on Tuesday for normal – uh, podcast, but before we get out of here, uh, in memoriam, let's talk about the top five moments of the top five moments of the Frost era. Tyler, what are yours? Oh, I didn't know we were going to do this, um, but I think you're trying to get at the point that there isn't top five moments, which is you just have. Kind of do a, you have a top moment kind of, of the Frost era? I, that that Northwestern game last year was a pretty great moment. I, how, about, how about my top five? My number one moment of Scott Frost is the 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 national championship that he won as a quarterback. I, that's how I will hopefully remember Scott Frost. All right, Derek, I'll rephrase it for you since Tanner won't really answer. What are the top five moments of the Frost coaching era? I, I it's a stupid question because he like, doesn't have any, Derek. Had, he doesn't have any. Don't be sad. It's a then great why are we day. Asking this question. It's a great he, day. It's a, it's a, it's a gotcha question. question. Justin just wants to point out how bad Scott Frost was. I know. I, I mean, know. I, I will say this. I know. I know what he's trying to do, and I'm not going down that rabbit hole. He, he is. Justin is the happiest I've ever seen him. I'm drinking champagne. I, I know. You're 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 bringing out your expensive whiskey. You're thrilled. Um, you've been waiting for this. Some, you've been uh, wait, you're, wait, you're waiting for this day for three years. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for the next time I get to hear you talking about firing a coach, yeah. which is probably about two weeks away. You'll probably want Mickey Joseph's head on a platter in about two weeks here. It doesn't and, matter because I know, I know help and, is on the way. And then help the next coach, the will, next coach will probably want fired six and a year from now. So mark that on hey, your calendars. All, so, you know what? All you have to do is not start off your coaching, coaching era by going 0 and 6. Do not do that. That's a bad look for you as a head coach. Do not go 0-6. That's fair. And that's and, what and, Scott Frost did. Yeah. And I'm sure that if you would have won one of those games and went 1-5, and five, that would have been all the difference in the world to you. I mean, just just don't, just don't do your job. That's all I ask. You, you're hired to do one thing, and it's win football games. You don't have to win them all, but win more than 16 through five years. Do you, I mean, he has not even he, – he ridiculed – you talked about this. He ridiculed Mike Riley that entire offseason. And he, through five years, he never even achieved 19 wins. Yeah. I, I mean, just, there, there is no debate. No one here is debating. Was, no one is sitting here saying, you know, Scott Frost just needed more time. No one is saying yes. that Scott Frost was a Derek's success. Derek's kind of saying sad, you know. Like, I mean, Derek's not saying that. He was sad. Did I, did I not just say like four times during this, during this whole episode that it was good timing? That, yeah, he needed to go. All right. I believe I've said that about four or five times. So don't be putting fucking words in my mouth. I don't know. I've, I've, I've talked to you enough. I, I like, said, you need I did, five I, years. I did want the guy to succeed. He did need five years, and he's getting his, in his fifth year, and it's not working. Yeah. Firing a coach every three years, whether you like it or not, is stupid. It hasn't worked out in our advantage yet. So I don't know what, what, where you think it's going to just start improving everything. In Trev, we trust. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I, I, I I'm, I'm again. I've said this. You know, I, I am giddy. This, I'm completely re-energized about this whole, this whole thing. This is, this is great news, and, and I think for, I think as a Husker Nation, Husker, all the Husker fans, I think they eventually will re, will again reunite. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of division over the last couple of years in the fan base. I mean, Husker Twitter has been freaking terrible, for especially for the last year. You know, when Scott Frost wasn't fired last year, it's 
there's like clicks, you know. It's, I, it's, I will say this. I, I, I see. This is where like you just need to get off Twitter, Justin, because I don't think it's been as bad as I, I think the Mike Riley era was a lot different than this one. I, I tend I, I think that people again I got a message today saying I'm done watching Nebraska football I can't believe they gave the guy three games I got that message today <laughs> what a I, pussy <laughs> I, I, I know I, I again I think that you I mean I think you were in the minority I think you were in the vast minority the guy that and wanted maybe, Scott Frost so. here for two years because um, I'm here in Texas so I'm not surrounded by Husker fans all day you know my my reach is, you know, the people that I talk to and text about Husker football. And it's, it's all family. And Twitter. Well, not that I interact on Twitter, but uh, I, I see a lot of the Twitter stuff. Yeah. On social media. I mean, social media is but just the, Your family hasn't anyway. been wanting Scott Frost fired. Who? Derek and I, who you probably interact okay. with the most, haven't been wanting him fired. Like, I mean, you, I mean, you're the only one I know in the family that's been wanting Scott Frost fired for three years. Uh, no, there, there's more... <laughs> There's more. Yeah. Anyway, but I just I again I think that the popping the champagne, all that stuff is is again. I I just go back to this. This guy loves Nebraska football. Has bled for Nebraska football. Has done a lot, and I just it is really sad that it just failed so miserably. You know what? The fans love college football too. The fans love Nebraska football. I mean, the fans deserve better. They're the ones going out. They flew to Ireland. They're doing all that stuff there. I mean, Derek, you talked about it. I mean, that Georgia Southern game, everybody showed up to the game. The fans just deserve better. We all they deserve do. better. It's 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 good. It, it's time to turn the page. It's been – it should have happened last year, but uh, – And you're probably right about that. It probably should have happened last year. After a 3-9 and nine season, it probably should have happened. Yeah. But we are – we will find out soon uh, how the rest of the year – I mean, are, are you guys giving up on the year, though? You guys don't have us going to a bowl game? Are you just, like, going to ride it off? I, I, I don't know that I have us winning two more games. Yeah. Tyler? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with Derek. Um, the Oklahoma game will go a long way. I mean – this again, kind of resetting the bar here. Like I'm kind of looking for a moral victory here with Mickey Joseph's first game. Like I, I kind of want it to be a Scott Frost game where we're competitive. I just have a massive fear that Oklahoma is going to come in and drag us through the mud. And that's just going to be a prelude for the rest of the season. Mm. So I think, I think, I think a blowout could do that. I think a big blowout could just completely lose this team. Yeah. It it really could. Uh, all right. Well, again, we will talk about Oklahoma on Tuesday, guys. Do you have anything else you want to say? All right. Well, hopefully, Trev is, makes it makes the makes the good hire. Hopefully, we get the good one. Well, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a lot of time to talk about that because we won't know for a while. So, all right, guys. Uh, this is Justin of the Husker Cuzcast on behalf of Derek and Tyler. We want to thank everyone for listening. And we will see you Tuesday for our Oklahoma preview. Go big back.